Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. We're in the Big Apple, the home of the US Open, Flushing Meadows, New York City. Catherine Whitaker is here. Uh, myself, David Law. I'm here. Matt Roberts is not here. Oh. Next year, next year, Catherine. He's coming, isn't I'm he? I'm already anxious about doing a, a mat-free slam. Yeah, well, Genuinely anxious about it. Uh, because we're, we're, we're a little over-reliant <laughs> these days on, on factual information and stats provided by Matt. But we're going we're gonna to muddle through. We're going to go old school and <laughs> see if we can... <laughs> Get things wrong. <laughs> go back into the, the archives when we used to have to do this all on our own. Uh, and and we, I used to have to edit them all as well. Slumped over my laptop at three in the morning, half asleep. Anyway, uh, enough of that. This is the final Grand Slam tournament of the year. Uh, we are going to be daily here at the US Open here on the Tennis Podcast. And uh, it feels like a really timely uh, opportunity to to give you our preview podcast because the draws have been made. We've had media day. We've had interviews, to, further interviews today. The main bulk of the interviews were done yesterday. Catherine's been speaking to all of the stars. Um, but I think the first thing to say, Catherine, is the climate here is very different to this time a year ago isn't it it is temperate yeah it's today has been an absolute delight everything about today has been brilliant weather included i mean it's to give you an idea we're we're, we're currently sitting in a in a a vast lobby where uh, my hotel serves breakfast and uh, we're looking out at uh, through windows over Manhattan we've got all the huge skyscrapers all around us at the moment um, to my right and behind me and it's blue sky up above, few white clouds but it is not hot and humid which I mean this time last year and it went on as I seem to recall for a full week of, of just oh, hot. Oh and more I yeah. think yeah it, I mean <laughs> yeah Prime Video have spent the, the last 12 months spending Jeff Bezos's millions trying to engineer a studio air conditioning system that would keep me from passing out Built like I did Whittaker. last year. Uh, and it's probably going to be entirely redundant now. <laughs> Don't say that, they might take it away. But it's the thought that counts and it's blooming nice to know that that air conditioning system is there yes. should it be required. Yeah, well, I mean, certainly the first couple of days of the US Open were expecting to be mid-20 degrees Celsius, which is just about perfect for the players. And then it's probably going to get pretty warm. 
but still you know these are these are great conditions at the moment uh i am currently operating off uh about two hours sleep in the last 36 so i feel good david's been to brussels today yes uh, my, bonus trip to brussels yes i i've never been to brussels <laughs> airport before and uh yes uh, most enjoyable uh, um but yes basically my flight didn't go directly um the draw let's just get cracking straight on away on the draw shall we Catherine, because Serena Williams is going to blow Maria Sharapova over in the first round. I mean, is that a joke? Well, it, it dredged up all the accusations of draw-fixing, didn't it? Such was, such was the brilliance of it. Yes, which is clearly nonsense. Yeah. Um, but, they, they, I mean, they don't help themselves with the conspiracy and intrigue, do they? Because of the, the, the way they sort of just reveal the draw with a push of a button on a big screen rather than I mean, it's literally quite literally not a draw yeah they don't You've pull taken them out. the drawing out of a draw yeah. so what, what what is it it's just showing you a page from the internet it's not <laughs> that's not an event <laughs> Um, but, but I mean, you know, let's be honest. If, it, if but what it, was on the page was great. If it was fixed, they would they would make sure they had Rafael Nadal against Roger Federer as soon as they can, so that they could finally lay claim to that match, which uh, they've never had, and they're probably never going to have. Uh, th- those two can only oh. meet in the final. Yes, yeah, so well, you'd say you'd say probably never going to have. Mm. Oh, well, yeah, maybe pretty unlikely i'd have thought but anyway could happen could happen it happened this year is the, the semi-finals Wimbledon. nagal nagel how do we say uh, it i d- i don't know we've got a full day to work that out haven't we tomorrow <laughs> yeah. that's that's sunday's task everybody as we sit uh, here at um 6 p.m on a, a saturday evening uh, in a completely deserted restaurant uh, if, if we've taken it over it's very odd isn't it because i mean manhattan is you know Buzzy and full of people, and you know, smelly and sweaty. We're in a sort of empty, cavernous. It's like 28 days later. It's like there's been some sort of alien zombie invasion, and all the people have left. Maybe there has been. I mean, that'd be a bit scary, wouldn't it? But I tell you what, we've got loads of listeners. Why don't you just come down? Oh, you can't hear. We'll be gone by the time you listen, won't you? Uh, anyway, um, so Serena against Sharapova is the one that made everybody go. Oh. Is that how they went? What were the sound effects? I wasn't at the draw because oh. it's not an event. <laughs> they don't hold it in front of people. I think they inf- hold it in front of people that want to be there. Right, I just okay. wasn't one of those people. Because <laughs> it doesn't have that one by one intrigue. No. Is that why? Um, yeah, I mean, I think I, I. Not that I'm not excited by Serena against Sharapova, that, you know, as first round draws go, it, it's great. I am, you know. I'm more pumped I'm, than I'm you, pumped aren't I? I'm pumped about it, but I think. Other people are slightly more pumped than me. Explain that to me. I just don't... Five years ago, I'd have been excited. Really, really pumped. I just don't think Sharapova's really much of a thing anymore. She might prove me wrong on Monday night. Yeah, I mean... And I've no doubt she will produce her best for it. She'll be more of a thing on Monday night than she's been for, for a good while because she does produce her best in those scenarios. Remember when she drew... Uh, Simona Halep in the first round here a couple of years ago and knocked her out she will be but I I just I just feel like things have moved on and that's but we not don't quite as know big a thing what we're going to get from Serena do we because she pulled out of her most recent tournament injured 
Yeah, after retiring from the uh, the final in Toronto with the with the back spasms yes. um, against Andreescu. Yeah, I suppose she's a slightly unknown quantity. She didn't do pre-tournament press, which I thought she would. And of course, before Wimbledon, the three of us. Oh, I'm going to get wistful about Matt not being here again. The three of us were talking about how significant it felt that she did do pre-tournament media before Wimbledon and how comfortable and relaxed she seemed while she was doing it. She and doesn't I changed have to. My, I changed my prediction on the basis of ah. that. So I do I do read a bit into the fact that she's elected not to. She doesn't have, have to, but she, so she's obviously elected not to. Maria Sharapova, also not required to, hasn't spoken to anyone, so nobody's got any preview content sort of makes it match. better i think it makes it even more interesting i mean i suppose what are they going to say the record speaks for itself we can all it's, go on youtube and watch their previous meetings isn't it about 22 or something yeah she's not beaten us since 2004 mm. that's another reason why i sort of feel a bit like uh, e- even in her pomp she couldn't get close to serena so I'm a bit worried about the fact that I'm leaning towards Sharapova in the newsletter predictions. You can sign up to the newsletter, everybody, and we'll be giving you our daily predictions from the US Open. Um, Go and click on the link in the show notes um, on your phone right now. Uh, But I haven't actually ratified that prediction yet. Right, you put it on the WhatsApp group. Yeah, but I think that was in the sort of thought bubble. Too much consternation. Yes, I I got some exclamations uh, in response to that uh, of the uh, four you really think Sharapova's beating Serena look she, I th- Serena's going to have to be injured for that to happen is my view or she, she might be injured stressed out I, st- I don't think that's enough I don't think stressed out is enough Okay. it might make it more of a match than it would otherwise be but I think if Ser- Serena loses that then she's injured it's, it's probably going to bring out the very best of Serena mm. isn't it in truth yeah. Right, I'm definitely changing my mind. <laughs> um, I am going to change... You can delete WhatsApp messages. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, well, what else What else really struck you when you when you saw the draw? I've got a, I've got a, few, a list of a few first-rounders here. Let's just go through those first, shall we? Sitsipas is playing Rublev. Um, also didn't do pre-tournament press, Sitsipas, which I mm. found very interesting because it's the first time he's been a... He's fifth seed, I think. It's the first time he's been a a top five seed here he always seems pretty happy to chat to the media I don't know whether it was entirely his decision but I, I found him a, a strange omission from the um, the media day list and I was disappointed that we didn't get the chance to speak to him because I'm sure that'll get a big court and be a great match probably be a sort of grandstand or Louis Armstrong match I would have thought. I hope Grandstand. Hold on a minute. It we, might we'll, be Armstrong. We'll, we'll know that. We know, we? don't we? Because they release the orders of play for both Monday and Tuesday really early yes. here, uh, and that's great. That is mightily that almost Im- makes up for the draw not yes. being a draw. I'm actually mightily impressed with with that as a as a an initiative. I think that that is the Absolutely. earliest that any um, Grand Slam tournament has has done that. Um, you know, here we are. It was Saturday morning, and suddenly we knew both Monday and Tuesday orders of play. Uh, I think that's really, really quite something. Um, let's just have a quick look, see, see where they're playing. It's going to be on Tuesday, of course, because it is the Federer and Djokovic side of the draw on Monday. And Sitsabas, there we are. First up on Louis Armstrong Court, an 11 a.m. match. 
on Louis Armstrong Court on Tuesday. It's not where I'd have put it. But yeah, I'm quite surprised, actually. But I tell you what, that's a, that's a good one for our coverage, isn't it, in the UK? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, very true. I'll be on BBC Radio if you want to listen to commentary on the radio or if you want to watch um, on telly or on your iPad or whatever, Catherine will be presenting on Amazon Prime Video. Prime. Can't get away from us. And then every <laughs> single day at the end of play, uh, we'll be doing episodes of this unlike today though where we've got water we'll be having two beers uh two beers law we'll be on fire on a daily basis who do you think's winning that sebastian rublev um well rublev got beat by shapovalov didn't he yeah in, who's uh, finding, in finding a bit of form yeah usually he's the key um brought yeah, Mikhail uh, Mikhail Yushni. Yushni on in a in a trial capacity this week seems to be seems to be working out for him it could just be that new coach bounce thing but early indications are good um i think sitsipas is probably winning it but there's question marks there i don't feel as wholehearted about that certainly the last few weeks have changed the complexion of that matchup significantly you know a couple of months ago you'd have given Sitsipas a straight sets win there what about um, Ogier Aliasim against Shapovalov for the second year in a is it second year in a it row? is yeah. yeah that was uh, f- one of the abiding memories for me of last year's US Open Ogier Aliasim having to retire from that first round match having qualified I think um, it's, it's first grand slam yeah that's right draw. yeah they, um, it was very close heartbreaking scenes because obviously it, they're, everyone knows their besties um, who do I think's winning that? Ujrali seems having a t- tough time on serve, isn't he? Though he is, he needs to work on that serve, and I think he knows he needs to work on that serve. But obviously, you can't really work on anything until the day and a half long off season. Um, so I suppose, given again another matchup that the last few weeks have changed the complexion mm. of considerably, I'd probably give the edge to Shapovalov. I think I would too at the moment uh, ok well this, it's all happening isn't it I tell you there's just so many great matches don't know where to start uh, Joe Conter's got Daria Kasatkina I mean that is a horrendous draw it's a horrendous draw but I tell you what I spoke to Joe Conter today and she was um, one that I one of the interviews that I learned the most from in terms of where she's at because Conter is a very very controlled methodical interviewee she it's always one match at a time you know if she lands in an interesting section of the draw you think well there's no point in asking her about potentially playing Serena in round two or three because she's just going to talk about round number one and you know it, it works for her that's all right fair enough she was talking about reaching the final in the interview that I did with her today she said you know I asked her about I said, you know, I can see from your social media, you've been in New York for, for a week already. She had thought about playing the WTA event in the Bronx this week. She made the decision to, to not play that. I think she was on the entry list and um, made the decision not to play. And she said, yeah, um, you know, I've had a great practice week, etc., etc. I hope, I hope I'm a week into a three-week-long stay in New York. That's my plan. And you don't really hear Joe Conter talking like that and I know she's had a great year overall but this hardcore swing for her hasn't been good at all she lost to Yastremska in Cincinnati and she lost to Rebecca Peterson in Toronto before that she elected not to play San Jose which of course she's had great record at before so I was expecting Joe Conter true to form and especially 
given her run-in to be really downplaying expectations and in fact she was she was going the other way which i found really interesting yeah i was reading in uh, simon briggs's piece on the telegraph our partners here on the tennis podcast and he 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 was quoting her as saying that you know after that incident she'd had with the the journalist uh, matt dunn at the uh, wimbledon when she you know she'd had a bit of a head-to-head with him and she said people have been shouting to her from balconies while she was on holiday um giving her some backing and so forth but seem you know seemed quite comfortable in her own skin from the quotes i was reading yeah i had a good chat with her about that actually while we were setting up for the interview just picking up on because i'd been listening into the 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 press conference and picking up on what she'd said in there and um you know i complimented her on how articulate she was in that moment given you know what a heated moment it was and 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 uh yeah she i think she's a bit uh i think she's a bit befuddled by how many waves it's called she said that is the biggest reaction publicly she's had to anything she's ever done she said she gets stopped more about that than about any any comment she's ever made or any tennis result she's ever had which must be a Mm. bizarre well she makes such an effort to stay out of anything that can inflame doesn't she typically Mm. and and that one just took a life of its own really because it was as you say it was uncontrolled but i do just wonder if that's going to end up being really good for her there was slight she just seemed that little bit more at ease and more comfortable in her own skin today Mm. i'm basing that on sort of you know a 10 minute chat she had with a huddle of journalists and a a five minute sit down interview with me but yeah she seemed less on edge well kasakina has been playing much better in recent weeks i think it is one of those though if if the winner of that could start making some progress although margarita gasparian is a potential second round match um but we'll wait and see these are the, 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 there aren't many easy matches actually in the draw these days i'm sure there are a few you could pick out and think oh that that wouldn't be the worst draw in the world but there's it's such a deep pool of talent now um yeah i mean there was a really nice um nice thread yesterday um from courtney nguyen who we obviously had on our podcast over over wimbledon she was just just sort of highlighting and and riffing on the fact that it's sort of pointless these days doing big build-up pieces where you pick out the favorites and pick out the dark horses and all of that because it's all irrelevant at the moment it's just no let's let's just watch some tennis and then figure out what's going to happen then because and i imagine you must feel a little bit like that now because you've been here for a few days you came here midway through last week um you were there at media day yesterday you've done further interviews today and then tomorrow sunday is a pretty quiet day isn't it qualifying is all done and dusted most of the players have done their interviews already and and it is you do start thinking right let's just let's just get on with it now ready play yeah we've had kids day you you swerved that david how was it i mean it was wonderful it was wonderful to know that it was happening i just didn't necessarily want to be in the midst of it i, I noticed you located a dog today maybe they could in yeah bring in a Kenzo. dog's dog's day for Kenzo. catherine he was huh? great yeah. let's make sunday dog's day here at the us open kenzo um 
obeys commands in Dutch, German and English. The dog speaks other languages? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know they More could do More intelligent that. than a lot of... Oh. Fill in the blank I don't know the people. first thing about Dutch. Um, right. Talking about um, other players, we've got Naomi Osaka here against... I can't remember her name. Blinkover. Um, Anna Blinkover. Anna Blinkover. Okay. You sent me a note... I think last night about Naomi Osaka having interviewed her, which, which was quite downbeat. Quite, it was quite depressing to read it. Almost, you just said she. I think you said she just looks really sad. Sad. Sad and was the only word I could think of. She was perfectly polite. She wasn't dismissive of any questions. She just looked at a loss. And really. then this morning. I, I'm, I get on the plane, I figure out after about two and a half hours how to make the Wi-Fi work because I've realised, you know, I can no longer get away with my pretending that Wi-Fi doesn't work on planes so I can just watch films for three hours. Um, I have to somehow have some contact with the world. Anyway, once I'd done that, uh, the good news was that I found an incredible piece by Jonathan Liu which was entitled The Sadness of Naomi Osaka. I, I couldn't believe it when I woke up and, and read that. Yeah. I thought, is Jonathan Liu sort of lurking in our WhatsApp group or is he, something? Is he in your it was brain? a little bit bizarre. I mean, I know the ups and she's herself charted her emotional strife over the past year, in particular the past few weeks, but but still. What's uh, interesting as well, he, he isn't here. He's yeah. covering the Ashes cricket yeah. in, in England and he, he wasn't at the press conference, he wasn't standing in front of her. He's picked this up, yeah. I guess, through Wimbledon or, you know, and what, would he have even been at Wimbledon? I think he was for a few days at Wimbledon. Um, but, you know, through watching it on the TV and, and watching her body language. Now, she does have, she doesn't have your standard body language of, of she's very difficult to read I find I never know what's coming next and I think it's it's actually one of the appeals of her but there is a melancholy about her which when you, when you said that I could I could believe it I, I wasn't there but I, I could believe what you were saying I could imagine it um, is is that do we do you think that, that there's more to that than than just her standard demeanor in, in terms of stuff going on behind the scenes, I think I think there has to be, doesn't there? Because she hasn't always been like it. We know she's we know she's an an introvert, and aspects of being a professional tennis player are never going to fill her with joy. But you shouldn't you shouldn't be feeling the way that it seemed to me like she was feeling. Her world Yesterday. has been turned upside down, hasn't it, really, in the last year? And look, it's all fantastic. Let's let's not... Um, I'm sure there'll be people listening thinking, well, I wouldn't mind winning the US Open and having untold millions uh, coming my way from all of these incredible blue-chip sponsors that can't wait to, to associate themselves but with I me. But I suspect that's probably something she's really conscious of as well, because she is acutely self-aware and she does have perspective she she's probably aware that there are people that think she's less entitled to to feel sad or anxious because of the great privilege that she has and yeah I really feel for her for that because I I feel for her for a lot of things because I, I just get this immense weight of loneliness from her and 
it's quite understandable, isn't it? Is there any other individual in the world experiencing life the way that Naomi Osaka is? There isn't. She's on her own in that. And I know she has good family and good people around her, but she's alone in her experience. Mm. Um, and that's obviously ex- extremely, extremely tough. And there was, there was some really interesting s- stuff in that article from Jonathan New about the sort of the sort of emotional stories that we frequently hear about in sport you know we there is an increasing awareness of and focus of mental health among sports people but it's the sort of it's not sadness is it you don't hear about just it's, it's the dramatic sadness. isn't it it's, it's the, the dramatic it's one yeah, way or another the, you're either you're either you're either overcome all the odds and you yeah. are overjoyed or you Big are operatic emotions is how jonathan lee put yeah. it but just he says the idea that a competitor may not necessarily be suicidal suicidal or inconsolable or angry or vengeful but it's quite simply quite sad quite often remains largely unaddressed and i think that's yeah there was nothing dramatic about naomi osaka yesterday at all she just seemed sad and it was i felt i felt bad interviewing her actually i felt guilty and uncomfortable i felt like i was exploiting her almost um yeah i really wish her well but i suspect there is a significant part of her that will be quite relieved when the experience of defending her first slam title is is over. I always remember when Pete Sampras won this title at the age of 19. Um, I think it was 2000... No, sorry. It was 1990, uh, 10 years apart. Uh, and it was, and it was a, a decade, at the start of a decade. It was two, 1990. And uh, he won the title and... A year later, he lost in the quarterfinals to Jim Courier, and he said immediately, I'm, I'm just glad that's off my shoulders. I'm glad I don't have to carry that around anymore. Um, at the age of 19 or 20 years he was then, um, he obviously got used to it, but it took him another, you know, another three or four years to win another Grand Slam title. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Osaka. And she's obviously coming in, I think, with an injury as well. She'd, she'd had an injury in her last tournament. Um, other great matches in the first round, on paper at least, Arena Sabalenka against Victoria Azarenka. Ash Barty starts against Arena Diaz. Angelique Kerber against uh, Kristina Mladenovic. I mean, there's some really good mm. matches here, aren't there? Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. 
Only at Sleep Number Stores or SleepNumber.com. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering tennis podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. You spoke to Roger Federer uh, yes. yesterday. He's playing against Sumit Nagal. We're going to say for now we will we'll finesse that once we find out exactly Qualifier what he did. from India. Yeah, which is a fantastic story. 190 He's in the from world. India, isn't he? Yes, he yes. is. 190 in the world, which is his career high. He's 22 years of age. In qualifying, you beat Satsuma Ito, uh, Peter Polanski, and Joao Menezes from uh, Brazil. He's from New Delhi, and he says it is a dream to play the god. Federer. Which um, means you've lost. No. <laughs> I mean, I, most, I, mean, I know, get it, but don't say it out loud. It's so tough not to, isn't it? That when you're 22 and is 190 in the world, I mean, Federer basically yeah. was turning pro when he was one. Yeah, it's fine to feel that way. Don't say it out loud. Yeah, all right. <laughs> He's probably never done, never done anything quite like this before. No, I know. But I know. still. But he, you've lost. You have lost yeah. when you say that. I, mean, I don't know much about his game. never seen him play before, so it will just be interesting to see how he gets along. I suspect Federer won't have either, though. Yeah, well, that's right. Um, evening match on yes. the first night. I mean, what a, what a, a night session is Serena Williams against Sharapova. First night session, followed by Federer against Nagal. Yeah, although I've never heard of the bloke doing the opening ceremony. Okay, I don't even know who it is. I thought Hugh Jackman was playing the opening ceremony because he put out a tweet because he's doing this big tour. You should know about this because you've seen The Greatest Showman live, yeah. David. Love it. I thought you were going to have to watch a reprise. I'd of love the to see that. Show. Yeah, so Hugh Jackman put out a tweet. He was playing the Rod Laver Arena a couple of weeks ago and he put out a tweet saying, happy birthday, Rod, or something, playing the Rod Laver Arena. Next stop, US Open, I thought. Brill. Maybe he was just Hugh trying Jackman to, playing some bangers to open the. Uh, maybe he was just trying to open. sort of signpost that to get in the heads of the organisers here. Well, didn't work because there's some bloke I've never heard of oh, well, who who who's got a load of emo ballads in his repertoire. What a disappointment! Gonna, anyway, it, it is a disappointment. It's, yeah. A year ago, Federer was all hot and sweaty. Um, he was even hotter, hotter and sweatier than Catherine in the Prime Studio when he no, faced too far. John Millman. I ben saw, Platt. I, ben, all right, Ben. Uh, I'll I'll reserve judgment. Um, look, I, w- I was commentating on that match, and it was one of those where night session match Federer against Millman, and I mean we're a rather smaller team than than your Prime Video team. We are a, a team of three broadcasters um, to cover you know the whole day the whole night sessions and usually in the night session when we're not doing live commentary and it's middle of the night back home in the uk 
usually one person covers that and that happened to be me on this occasion <laughs> the reason being that nobody thought that Milman would give him give him any sort of contest so there, there was I am. nobody over six for eight playing at the time that no. you had to divert your attentions to no exactly Milos Raonic and uh, John Usner and Riley Opelka were otherwise occupied tall um, tennis player correspondent David Law so I was able to concentrate just on Arthur Ashe Stadium um, and, and yes I mean I think the first couple of sets went very straightforwardly and then suddenly it started to turn and suddenly the the show back home started to get really interested in it and and suddenly I'm basically presenting the entire coverage of Five Live on my own in a commentary box and it was brilliant, I loved every minute of it Um, but he was in a pretty bad way that night and, and... we, I think it was, a, it was. We must have had a half a dozen over the years moments where you're thinking, "Is this it? Is this Federer showing signs of decline?" You asked him about last year and versus this year. Mm. What did he say? He said that he wasn't wasn't fit enough last year, and he got exposed, and he was almost, and that he was almost waiting to be exposed. Especially, I think he he said when it, when he saw the heat wave come in I think he was waiting to be exposed fitness wise he said the back injury last year prevented him from training the way he needed to in the lead up to the US Open he said the fact that it was um, quite mild and not very humid in Cincinnati didn't help him because that didn't help him adjust uh, to the conditions that that ended up transpiring in New York and he said this year is a completely different kettle of fish despite the fact that he has a lot fewer matches coming in here he feels he's been able to train and prepare the way he needed to and he described that loss last year as as being incredibly informative for him this year about how he should prepare I certainly I don't think I'm going to end up predicting he'll win this but I don't think he's going to lose that kind of a match again I think he's going to make sure that if a heat wave comes in if tough as nails John Millman comes along he's a match for it yeah yeah Uh, it's going to be so interesting to to watch I I love this tournament for for the reasons for so many different reasons but one of them is the fact that nobody's really really fresh everybody's had it had you know three quarters of the year now and they come in and you you don't quite know what sort of state they're going to be in um i noticed novak djokovic today saying that i am all about the slams now and it's it is all about peaking um and uh yeah they haven't shared the same circles have they in in these lead-up tournaments because obviously nadal played Montreal won it, then took Cincinnati off. Federer's only played a couple of matches. Djokovic has got to a semi in Cincinnati and looks utterly unbothered about having not won it. Um, and here we are, ready to go again. Um, Daniel Medvedev was chipper on was media he? day, as you might expect. Doesn't consider himself a contender for the title. He said, "I'm not." I asked him, you know, how he felt about people talking about him in those terms. He said, "I don't really mind because I don't think I'm a contender." I mean. This could all be elaborate mind games, isn't it? But he's a I don't think he's a mind games kind of a guy. He is growing on people oh, so much. Oh yeah, he's so, great. Isn't he? I don't think we would have expected I did to couple, be pulling for Daniel no, Medvedev. I did a couple of sort of quite hard work interviews with tennis players that didn't want to be there and I saw him sort of emerge on the horizon and start his way down the lineup and I felt relief 
Thank goodness, Daniil Medvedev's here. <laughs> and, and actually, I wanted to say, off the back of the Federer interview you did, you were, again, you were quite buoyant after that from what I was reading on our, on our messages, because I was on the plane at the time where I was <laughs> packing with about three hours to go <laughs> and no sleep, um, which it, it is one of those where you just, you are relieved sometimes to just get an engaged interviewee and I, I one of the reasons I think that Roger Federer is so popular with the media is he is never anything other than engaged and he will give you even if you throw in an absolute appalling question which I have done in my time he will get you out of it by yeah. giving you an interesting answer he'll he'll almost sort of say well I won't bother answering that because that's rubbish let's answer this one <laughs> instead um, there were players you spoke to over the last couple of days that were not like that. Now, not everybody can be like that, but there's a couple of people that probably need to butt their ideas up a bit. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a, t- it's a tough environment, that lineup. I don't expect to be able to have a heart-to-heart with any tennis player in that sort of situation. You've got a lineup of, I don't know, 15 crews from the world's media, and, and uh, I mean, the whole setup of Media Day is the same as last year, um, which is disappointing because I think we talked about what the... Um, what the tournament had done with Media Day last year, they tried this Super Bowl style setup, um, and I th- I thought lots of elements about it didn't work. But I thought they've tried something new that that's great. Um, they'll surely learn from this and change it next year. And they seem to roll out exactly the same format um, this year. And there were <laughs> quite a lot of despairing look. Um, Simon Briggs's face throughout the whole experience was an absolute picture. He just looked thoroughly confused i don't know how it is for you as a tv interviewer but the written media it's a tough situation yeah for them, isn't it they 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 actually because the player sits at the top table with a microphone but they can barely hear the player from what i gather and they can't really make themselves heard because they're in a big stadium and there are crowd members watching You're and reacting and the worst possible stadium in terms of acoustics there was a drum it felt like a practical joke there was a drum line going for for half of it poor old antonio from spanish eurosport who there was only one spanish player that came through that lineup so he was only there for rafael nadal and uh, the drum line started up halfway through his interview and he got to the end and he said well that half was unusable thank you for coming antonio <laughs> <laughs> well worth you well um yeah and it's you know they're trying to the the public uh they so the the build-up week the qualifying week kids day they call it fan week at the u.s open great idea kids day and they've really expanded success. that this week really expanded they? it they've had stages up with live music great lovely part of that is media day fans are allowed into the lewis armstrong stadium to watch media day and there are elements of that idea that i really like but it doesn't work because it, you, there's no particular atmosphere created because it's nowhere near full. There are probably about 250 fans in, so it just felt a bit limp. Um, so it's sort of enough fans to create distracting noise, but not enough fans to create any atmosphere. And there's also this feeling that journalists, broadcasters, they're doing their job under an awful lot of pressure are just being used to create content for fans and that's not that's that's not on really especially when they get streamed straight out for yeah. anybody to watch anytime they want and you don't even need no to be embargo, there no embargo nothing um, so 
yeah, lots of elements about it that are unsatisfactory. I know it's challenging for for players as well, but Sloane Stevens was just rude. <laughs> she was rude. Which is a and shame because, because and she can be so good, can't yeah, she? Yeah, I know. And, and, and I, Mary has told us, you know, tried to give us another side to her, which I, I thoroughly believe. Um, and I hear Mary's words echo in my ears every time I do an interview with her and every time I feel so so dissatisfied and, and upset, really. That she, but I just don't think you ever need to be rude to people. Um, I think, you know, it's her choice how much she gives of herself to the media, but there's a way of withholding yourself um, that isn't dismissive, and I think perhaps she needs to work on that. And Alexander Zverev was a bit chippy. Chippy is the word, yeah. Um, Which I know he has a reputation of being chippy generally with the media, but I'd spoken to him in... Montreal and he'd been really good and I'd asked him a question which I was a bit nervous about um, in Montreal about the next gen and the fact that it was Matt that made me think of the question actually um, about the fact that he'd said at Wimbledon that Tsitsipas's success was the best possible thing that could happen to him because it took the limelight away from him when I sort of pressed him on that and sort of almost asked him you know did, did you really mean that and he gave a great answer and so it was, we took a bit of a backward step <laughs> yesterday. Working progress. But I don't think it was just me. He was he was chippy with everyone, and I got the impression he wasn't maybe necessarily in the best of places. Okay. Oh dear. Oh well. Uh, Novak Djokovic was in t- today, wasn't yes. he? What was that like? Blockbuster. <laughs> How so? Well, because he was he was quite late. Um, so the journalists were already in there waiting for everyone was already in there quite far in advance and I was there were a number of other things going on at the time so I was in there sort of watching who was showing up for this press conference and you know Simon who's been a big reporter on the the whole Justin Gimmelstob saga he comes in sits on the front row Chris Clary arrives sits on the second row Stu Fraser arrives um, and then Bill Simons arrives, also sits on the front row. Who had been the journalist who'd been uh, interrogating Novak at Wimbledon, particularly about the Justin Gimmelstub situation and whether he had read the victim impact statements. Yes, and they left it on the note that, no, I haven't. So Bill sort of said, right, you read those and I'll get back to you. So this was... This was the I'll get back to you moment. So uh, Djokovic walks in with the um, ATP communications manager who informs the room that everyone's only allowed one question, no follow-ups. Bill Simon's hand goes up straight away. So the first question to the defending champion and world number one um, on the eve of defending that title is, Novak, have you had a chance to read those victim impact statements? And and you, can you comment on what you've read if so and you could cut the atmosphere with with a knife it was yeah it was quite something and and what was his answer he said he had um and he pretty much um revisited his thoughts as of Wimbledon didn't didn't really tell us what he thought those victim impact statements just reiterated 
that he felt Justin Gamalstrop had taken responsibility for his actions, that the current situation was that Justin isn't involved with the ATP, that who knows what the future holds in that regard. He said, he reiterated he felt Justin was a great asset to the ATP and he wishes him well and it's a shame that he's no longer involved. So, But he also, I know that he also said that he felt it was, it was correct that he wasn't involved at the moment. Um, but yeah, he um, he he then finished his answer, and it was quite clear Bill wanted to ask a follow-up. He wasn't permitted to do so, and Novak stressed, "I've said all I've got to say anyway." Mm. Um, I, I did hear him say that, which um, you know, look, Novak can say what he likes. Um, I, I'm I'm, a, I'm still a bit surprised that that uh, that he's taken that tone on this particular subject and and have been throughout the the uh the story really uh, it does surprise me but that's that's ultimately up to him I, I i think there's probably a few people listening saying thinking well why is the first question to the defending champion about that situation well first of all we can we're there to ask him what we think as journalists is relevant um we're not fans we're we're fans of the sport as as human beings but we are there to do a journalistic job and and certainly that was the pressing update that bill required and i think many people in that room required and, and actually a lot of people listening around the world would probably want to know the answer to as well um but probably unsurprisingly he hasn't said an awful lot i'm just a little bit more su- bit surprised that he hasn't distanced himself more from the situation um he was also asked about the atp player council meeting that took place last night here in new york the first one since the reintegration into the player council of roger federer and rafael nadal um and gandalf and shadow facts <laughs> who are these people <laughs> they are a wizard and a horse oh from the lord of the rings right okay i'll read up um and, and update myself um <laughs> i'm sure all of you know really cool references from yeah. me today catherine's flying <laughs> um yeah well it was djokovic pointed out it's the first time that the atp have had the top three players in the world on the atp player council uh he was very positive about their involvement he said the the meeting had cut down to about two and a half hours from seven um, uh, at the, the in the run up to Wimbledon. Yeah, we don't know too much more about what went on. I've I've heard since that um, Chris Camo, the ATP um, boss, gave a, a twenty minute twenty minute presentation during that meeting at which he was uh, given a round of applause, and then the ATP uh, reps left the room and and, um, and the the conversation turned to talking about player elements and um etc so the intrigue builds really and and goodness knows which way they'll end up going i I just think it's good news that whatever happens you have all three of them in the room together um because you're more likely to get at least a either a consensus or it brought to a head and thrashed out with everybody in the room that matters really and that's not to say that they're the only three people in the world that matter but they're pretty significant figures so that's what happened in uh, Novak Djokovic's press conference he was obviously I mean look he is in the best possible mind space he could possibly be in in regard to his his attempts at winning more grand slams he's made it clear that you know those are what he's in the game for these days his draw uh, he starts against Cabeas Baena 
Uh, then it's Query or Londero round two. Um, then most likely Dusan Lajevic in round three. Uh, his compatriot could be could be Vavrinka in round four. It won't be Kevin Anderson because he's just withdrawn from the tournament uh, with an injury. Uh, quarterfinals could be Medvedev. I think this is quite tough actually. Round four onwards. I mean, obviously you never know whether they'll all get there. But if he ended up with Vavrinka to play Medvedev, to play Federer, to play Nadal, for instance, that is tough. Yeah, it's interesting that he, he's in the uh, the halfway. He'd have to play two. He'd pl- have to play the other two. Yeah, big three, which obviously he wasn't uh, at Wimbledon. Yeah, I would agree. It's a t- it's a it's a very soft draw. First couple of rounds, then it gets really tough. Um, it's still it's his to lose. Nadal has got Milman, hundred percent. John Milman, yeah, for Nadal, who yeah. beat Federer last year. Um, and Milman will go at it. That much we do know. He'll take you know he'll take him on whether he can do anything against him i can't see him it's hurting not gonna him be, he's not going to be able to make it physical on tuesday in N- in the way that that'll against. be like yeah cool yeah. make it physical yeah it's 24 degrees mate i'm up to this it's fine <laughs> uh tanasi kakanakis could be second round for nadal fernando vadasca could be round three i actually think the first part of the draw is maybe tougher for for nadal on paper because vadasca has beaten nadal at uh, slams before uh, certainly the Australian Open a few years ago um, could be Marin Cilic or John Isner round four neither one of them in the greatest form uh, could be Zverev or Hachinov in the quarters don't think Zverev's get, um, getting there no um, team Sitsipas Batis Rugut semi-final potentials um, it's a good draw overall for Nadal I mean I th- I, if he's fully fit I think he's going to the final to play Djokovic Probably, yeah. 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 Um, but we shall see. We Plus shall see. Change. Federer has a qualifier, as we've discussed. Could be another qualifier in round two or Damir Jumer. Um, and then Luca Puy, maybe round three. David Goffin, round four. Kenny Shikori, as usual, in quarterfinals. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, Djokovic in the semis. But yeah, it all feel, does it all feel a bit predictable, really, the men's, yeah. doesn't it? When you look through yeah, all that. When you look through a draw and you see, oh, Federer playing Nishikori in the quarterfinals. And then, and then oh, I'd probably play Djokovic. And then you're like, oh, right. Yeah. That's. That feels familiar, yeah. That's why Medvedev that's, is, that's is definitely, kind of definitely interesting. That's before at every slam. To us at the moment. Uh, right then, uh, on the women's side, Serena Williams, well, Sharapova, first round, could be Baczynski, second round, um, could end up playing Barty in the quarters if she were to get that far. Uh, I mean, a totally different situation, as as per usual, on the women's side. And, of course, we added a couple over the last few weeks of potential contenders for the title as well with Madison Keys and um, Bianca Andreescu who I spoke to yesterday oh yeah um, look at your eyes lighting up she's really cool I like I mean look she's got attitude to burn but in a in a really cool charming way she's you know she's she's not short on confidence at all and I'm sure you know I'm sure that'll wind people up but I she was really she was really polite respectful of the media um, she knows how to handle herself. I, I was really impressed with her. She's she had said in a, an interview, I think with ESPN, a couple of days ago, that she thought she thought she could do quote big things at the tournament. So I asked her what big things are, and she's very clear. She thinks she can win it. I think I think it was Boris Becker who said she's got the best forehand in the game, mm. bar none, in women's tennis. 
big big statement, yeah. isn't it, for a, for somebody who's such a you know a new kid on the block, really. Um, but she is exciting. If she can stay fit, she's so exciting, and you can imagine the crowds here loving her. Oh yeah, she's she's going to love this tournament. The tournament's going to love her. It's yeah. I mean the the contrast. I mean they weren't there at the same time, but the contrast between her. And Osaka, I mean, Andreescu was just loving every single moment of all of it, signed every single autograph. Mm. Um, and Osaka wanted to be anywhere but, but there in the spotlight. Yeah, I mean, very different personalities, and if, but it'll also be interesting if Andreescu has a big moment and, and whether, the, whether it affects her at all. But she does seem to really embrace it, does seem to fit her. Um, but we shall see. It's it's going to be fascinating. As we sit here on a Saturday evening, it all starts in less than two days' time. It'll be live on Prime Video in the UK. Catherine presenting their coverage. I'll be on BBC Radio 5 Live and 5 Live Sports Extra daily tennis podcast. You ready for this, Catherine? Ready to rumble? Going to have to be, aren't I? <laughs> too late to fly Matt in no we're doing it we're doing it it's going to be great and then Matt will be here next year it Um, does give you energy New York doesn't it I'm so so much more upbeat in Manhattan Manhattan Catherine is you know almost not grumpy (laughs) someone someone stopped me in the street just now and tried to tell me about the bible and I wasn't even rude to them oh well well done You do look jolly. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, okay, well, folks, uh, a few little parish notices for you. We have the newsletter, which you can sign up to. That'll be going out daily every morning, uh, UK time, um, with our daily predictions. Matt, Catherine, and myself, matches of the day. We try to come up with upsets. We rarely get them right, but that's half the fun. Uh, Matt will be coming up with one of his stats in every single yeah. edition. So sign up uh, on to the newsletter, uh, the show notes of this show just on your phone if you just scan down you'll be able to click on there and and put your name down Um, we are going to be active on Twitter we're going to be active on Instagram we're going to be what else are we going to be doing Catherine dog based content dog based content all sorts of stuff is going to be happening and of course we would like you to tell your friends about the tennis podcast if you're enjoying this show if you liked it if you liked the larry stefanke interview the other day i did even Catherine liked it great um really really good thank you very much uh and if you want to hear us gabble on uh, and your friends to hear it and your family to hear it just just tell people show them how to do it go and grab their phone and subscribe them immediately um and we will be back from monday certainly have to play unless something uh, gargantuan happens tomorrow probably no tennis podcast on sunday uh, but you never quite know um somebody might retire again and then unretire about six months later like in australia um and yeah so daily ten- tennis podcast after play from monday we'll be back produced in association with the telegraph executive produced by uh, tennisballs.com with our mascot rio with a y and we'll see you then 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.